All right, what is up and welcome back to the Build a Better You podcast. I'm your host, Austin Chan. And in today's episode, we are going to talk about the three pillars for overall fitness and health. And so I believe these are just the three basic pillars that everyone should kind of have dialed in or have in check if they want overall fitness and health. Doesn't matter what your goals are. It doesn't matter if you want to lose fat, build muscle, uh, be a competitive athlete, have certain athletic goals, but not be a competitive athlete. Or you just want to have overall health as one of your goals because I think all of us should be striving for at least some level of health, whether or not you want to be like super fit or have any athletic or gym-based or just movement-based goals. If your goal is overall health, then you should have these three things dialed in. And then moderate calories. Obviously, you don't want to be eating too little, eating too much. Uh, Obviously, you can be in a deficit or in a surplus to kind of facilitate your goals. But I think for the most part, I think throughout most people's lives, they're kind of maintaining because if you if you want if you were going to go into a deficit forever, you probably eventually waste into nothing. You'd probably be bone thin because being in deficit means that you're losing weight, you're losing body mass. So if you're in a deficit forever, you eventually lose all of your body mass, which we don't want that. We want you to be alive. At least I think you want to be alive. So yeah, don't be in a deficit forever. Uh, Don't be in a surplus forever either because then you're just going to be putting a bunch of weight. You're going to be overweight or obese, which a lot of people are already doing in today's society. And that that's what they want to like be against. That's what they want to reverse. They want to underfeed rather than overfeed. So yeah, so the average of your life, you should just be maintenance or moderate amount of calories. Obviously, this will fluctuate. Um, You're not going to eat the same amount of food every single day. Some days more, some days less. Some days you're going to have big celebrations where you're going to enjoy more high-calorie foods. That's okay. Some days you're just not as hungry. You're not going to eat that much. That's also okay. And eventually, in the end, it all averages out as long as you, again, stay consistent. And just as a disclaimer, this does not have any supplements. I'm not trying to push anything on you. These three basic things are things that everyone has access to. I mean, obviously at a certain like level of degree of difference, depending on your income level, your current situation, all that. But for the majority of people, you will be able to dial these things in, these three things in to a certain extent. So number one is going to be diet. And so obviously, diet, I don't mean dieting and trying to lose weight or any specific diets in general, but the term diet, as I'm going to define it, is just your basic diet or whatever foods that you consume on a regular basis. What's your nutrition, your diet, whatever you want to call it, your basic palate consists of. So for the most part, I feel like everyone should be following the 80-20 rule. So if you haven't heard of the 80-20 rule, so 80-20 adds up to 100. So 80% of your diet is going to come from whole, minimally processed, nutritious foods. So these will include things like fruits, vegetables, you know, lean proteins, uh, very good filling starchy carb sources. Basically, most of the things that you'll find in the produce section of the grocery store. 
And then the other 20% are going to be things that are kind of the opposite of that spectrum. So you'll have your things like junk foods, um, sweets, you know, desserts, uh, things that aren't so healthy, pizza, things that you would classify as not so nutritious. Obviously, you don't want to be labeling foods as good or bad just to kind of maintain a decent relationship with food. Although I don't like using that term because you shouldn't really be having a relationship with food. Food is food. Food is something you eat. You should not have a relationship with it. That being said, though, some people do struggle with having a poor relationship with food. So we'll use that term in those special cases. But for the most part, you want to be maintaining this 80-20 rule just for overall balance, overall mental wellness, and just overall adherence to your diet because no one can be 100% healthy and you shouldn't be 100% unhealthy anyway. There should be room for all kinds of foods in your diet depending on what your priorities are. Obviously, if you want more performance-based or you if you want to reach a certain level of conditioning, you have to kind of minimize the not-so-nutritious, unhealthy foods to a certain degree if you want to reach your goals because you just have to fuel your body properly if you want to maintain a certain level of performance. And now one thing I do want to drive home is that so regardless of whether your goals are weight loss or weight gain, your diet should be the main driver of that. You should not use exercise as a driver for weight loss or weight gain. And I will get into that a bit later, but we'll focus on diet for right now. So that should be the main driver. So let's say you want to lose weight. You should not be focusing on trying to do as much as you can in terms of exercise. The majority of your weight loss should come from your nutrition, just come from fixing that. Because you can make a significant amount of impact just by switching up your nutrition. Because for the most part, people aren't eating that healthy. People aren't eating... uh low-calorie, whole, minimally processed foods. Usually, it's a lot of highly palatable snack foods, junk foods, all that, that really rack up the calories, aren't that filling, and they're just highly palatable, which means that they're super tasty and they just make you sort of feel, have the feeling of being addicted. And just, you just, once you have one, you just can't stop and you just want to keep eating and eating more. And so yeah, so most of your diets should come from high protein, veggies, fruits. Those should be the main staples of your diet. Those are what you should be filling up on. And then the rest, you know, moderate carbs and moderate fats just for overall health and performance. And of course, this will fluctuate depending on your performance. But I believe for the majority of people... Focusing on these things are definitely very build a very solid foundation for overall health and fitness. And then next point to address, obviously, moderate cal- calories. You don't want to be starving yourself. You don't want to be eating a shit ton of food. Otherwise, if you're starving yourself, you're just depriving your body of the energy it needs to survive and perform and do everything else that you want to do in your life. And then, of course, overfeeding. A lot of people get into this habit and that's why we are seeing obesity and a bunch of other chronic diseases on the rise because of just chronic overfeeding as well as underactivity. But that's a whole nother can of worms that I won't open today. 
So moderate amount of calories, you don't want to be eating too little, you don't want to be eating too much. You just want something where your body can sustain itself. And I mean, if you do want to lose weight or gain weight, you should be adding a little bit more to that. You shouldn't go anything crazy and just losing a bunch or gaining a ton of weight at a short in a short amount of time. You want everything to be slow and sustainable. It goes both ways. If you want to lose weight, you shouldn't be starving yourself. If you want to gain weight, you shouldn't be eating a shit ton and putting on like 20 pounds in a month. Slow and steady. And then last point I want to address as a part of diet. So your diet shouldn't change all that much in terms of food choices. I mean, I used to make this mistake in the past. I thought that, you know, if I was on a, in a surplus or in a bulk, I had to completely change up my diet. And then if I was in a cut, I had to completely change my diet the other way. This is this was a huge mistake I made because this, again, it sort of formed a poor relationship with food on your end. I feel that if you kind of have this relationship where you eat certain foods while you're bulking and you eat certain foods while you're trying to cut or lose weight, you form a poor relationship with food. And you feel like you only can eat certain foods in certain situations which isn't the best in terms of conducive to health and fitness. Because when I was bulking, I thought I could eat all the junk food I wanted. I could th- I thought I could just let loose and yeah, literally eat whatever I wanted. And then whatever I wanted usually didn't result in me making the best choices. It was usually a bunch of highly processed fast food and all that. Not only leading to like my excessive weight gain, but also leading to just overall poor performance and then just poor energy levels and all that. Because I truly believe that if you feed yourself with whole minimally processed foods, you it's I mean it's not only good for weight loss, it's good for overall health. Because when you start to feed your body properly with good foods, it I mean it's a crazy thought, right? Like if you take care of your body, your body's gonna take care of you. So when you start to fuel your body properly with these lean proteins, fruits, veggies, starchy carbs, really good, just hearty foods, you know, when you start to feed your body with those, it'll start to perform better, you'll start to feel better, your energy levels will start to rise, you'll, you just feel overall like in a better mood. And I know this is crazy. But yeah, when you when you start to fuel your body properly, it starts to kind of have everything else click into place. So yeah, eating healthy, the the only reason to do that is not just to lose weight. There are so many other reasons to eating healthy, which is obviously one of them to be healthy. And then kind of addressing on the other end, like when I was cutting, yeah, I, I thought I had to eat super clean all the time and just the opposite end of the spectrum, which isn't very much conducive to health either. Because, again, when I thought I could only eat clean foods, I literally stayed away from everything I had during my bulk. And so I told myself, no fast food, no sugar, no dessert, no junk food. And that kind of leads down the road of over-restricting. And then next thing you know, you're like, you know, elbow deep in like a bag of chips or like elbow deep in a bag of McDonald's, you know? So rather than having these two ends of the extreme, you know, Sharper is somewhere in the middle where you can have a little bit of both. And then next thing you know, you don't have to change up your diet all that much. You just either add more if you want to maintain or gain. And then you just take a little bit out of that if you want to be in a deficit and lose some. 
And so once you strike this balance, everything just kind of like clicks into place and, you know, you find that you can easily manipulate everything once you like kind of have this mastered down to a T. And obviously this is not going to happen overnight. This was learned through years and years of mistakes and experiences that I've personally had to go through. And this is why I'm telling you all of this because I don't want you to make the same mistakes I did. And even if you do, it's fine. It's treat every mistake as a learning experience because that's what I did. And ultimately, I'm, I can say, I can confidently say that it has led me to become the best version of myself today. Yeah, without all those mistakes, I wouldn't have been where I am today. I, I would probably be making those mistakes today if I hadn't like applied and learned from them. So the best thing you can do for yourself is not to not make mistakes, but to make those mistakes. Treat them as learning opportunities. Don't treat them as setbacks. Don't beat yourself up over it, but treat those as learning opportunities. Always think, how can I do better? Like, what, what did I do wrong? What, you know, didn't work so well? What did I not really vibe with? And then make some switches, try it out, rinse and repeat, and then maybe you'll find that one thing worked a little bit better but it's still not the, still not quite the right thing. So you tweak a little bit more and then eventually you'll find the thing that works best for you and you're like, hey, I can actually stick with this plan for the rest of my life. And so next thing I wanted to touch on was definitely having a better relationship with food. Again, this is, this is basically just, I don't like to call it the relationship with food, just basically it's the labeling of good or bad foods. This kind of ties into everything I was talking about before. Don't really label your foods as good or bad because food is not good or bad. You can, like I said, you can have every single th- like type of food that you want or like. You just have to do so in moderation. You just, you don't have to be in the spectrum of like, this is all good. I can only have good foods or these are all bad foods. I can, st- I have to stay away from these foods. You don't have to do that. Life is about moderation and you just have to find that balance and just, that level of moderation that works best for you because you don't have to be super restrictive. I mean, unless your goals like say so, but I think for the majority of people, you don't have goals that extreme. Like most of us are not professional athletes. Most of us are not competitive bodybuilders. Most of us are not performing at the elite level where we have to be that strict, where we have to be that like restrictive, where we have to be that on point with our diets. Like for the majority of us, we we literally, we have some room to spare for moderation, you know? And 80-20, that's, that's the perfect amount. Like 80%, that's a B. It's a pretty solid freaking grade. Like you don't have to be 99. You don't have to be A+. I mean, props to you if you do. Like you'll definitely be the cream of the crop. But it's, at the end of the day, it's all about sacrifice, you know? Like the, the less percentage you have, as part of that kind of like that free or fun zone, the obviously the more in shape, the more highly like performing you will be, but you'll it'll also come with some sacrifices. Like if you think about competitive athletes, they they literally will live and die by their sport. You know, they will they are gonna be willing to do anything to like excel in their sport. Like if you ask them, like like let's say you ask like. Usain Bolt, you know, he competes in the Olympics every year as part of the the sprints events. And if you asked him if if you asked him if he would sacrifice a finger, like if he had some life-threatening disease and it had something to do with like his index finger, and if you told him that 
if you had surgery to remove this finger and you could excel in this sport or you could stay like competing in this sport but the only thing you do is lose his finger he would a hundred and a hundred not even a hundred like a thousand percent like say yes he would literally sacrifice all of his fingers if it meant that he could keep competing in his sport and he could keep excelling in it because that's literally how badly that these people want to be in the sport Whereas for the average person, you know, your average Joe or your average Jane, like they, they're like, okay, you know, like personally, I don't really care all that about competing in that sport. You know, I would rather just be in better shape to like, I would rather keep my fingers so that I can do my everyday tasks so that I can take care of my kids so I can relax and enjoy my family. I would rather keep my fingers. Whereas, yeah, you know, you just seen, but he literally leaves, lives and like dies by the sport of like competitive running. So yeah, it's all about what you want to sacrifice. And even then, and which kind of drives me to my next point. And which this, this is kind of a side tangent, but this also kind of ties into the false expectations set by social media. I think especially nowadays where social media has blown up like i don't think 10 years ago we would have expected social media to like blown up this i don't even know if it's 10 years. i think it's been longer than 10 years since social media kind of came out and like blew up so yeah i'd say 10 plus years like no one expected social media to blow up this much i think everyone was just like eh, this is kind of a trend and you know the internet was a whole trend people didn't think the internet would blow up the way it is and how it's literally ingrained to like our everyday lives now but that's besides the point. So yeah, the main like unrealistic expectations set by social media. Like if you look on there, literally everyone on there or not everyone, but I'd say the people that stand out the most. And so there's kind of an interesting phenomenon. The people who are usually at the top, those obviously they'll stand out the most because they look the most amazing. They're the cream of the crop. Everyone wants to be like them. So obviously they stand out the most. And just these simple unrealistic expectations set by them like that you think it's just oh i just have to do this one simple workout or I just have to follow this one simple diet and i will look exactly like them when in fact you could have everything dialed into t you could literally give up your entire life and be focusing only on your training your diet and everything and you can have everything dialed in and you wouldn't look nearly as good as them because you just don't have the genetics or you don't have whatever performance enhancing drugs they're taking and that's literally what it all comes down to i mean i'm not discrediting their hard work by any means but it's just the simple fact that genetics and you know possible use of performance enhancing drugs can definitely play a huge impact on that because it it takes a certain level of genetics and discipline to be holding such low levels of body fat to be looking like literally shredded all year or to have massive glutes, or to have such a tiny waist, like you could train your entire life and you wouldn't be able to shrink your waist to someone else who's been literally genetically blessed to have like that body structure, you know? Anyways, that kind of went a little bit off tangent there. Uh, what were we talking about? We we're talking about diet. So yeah, basically kind of a recap, you know, 80-20 rule, 80% uh, whole, minimally processed, nutritious foods, the other 20% not so healthy, not so nutritious, you know, your fun, like, 
foods that you just like from time to time. And yeah, you have them from time to time. You don't need to have them every single day. You don't have to have a 10 out of 10 meal every day. Like if you, like I don't, I don't get why people like feel like the need that when they're dieting, they have to be eating all these delicious foods every single day. Like, dude, like your, your old diet can probably consisted of like Taco Bell or like takeout every other night, which wasn't even that good. Like you didn't even have bang on meals. You just had like Pan Express takeout, which is like a six out of 10 at best, you know? And so what the hell is wrong with eating a healthier version of your meals and only being like a six out of 10? You don't have to be eating perfect, like incredibly delicious meals every single day. I mean, if you would, then you'd be going out to steak houses and you'd be spending a ton of money on food every single night. But that's obviously not the case. You've probably been eating lackluster meals. So yeah, stop thinking that you have to be eating gourmet meals all the time when you haven't been doing that in the first place. And just stick with boring old consistency because that is what will win out in the end. And then, yeah, yeah, I went on a bit of a tangent again. So uh, diet, main driver of body weight and main driver of body weight loss and gain. So adjust your diet if you need to lose weight, adjust So yeah, I kind of went a little bit off topic there. What were we talking about again? So, all right, main driver of body weight loss and gain. All right, so yeah, diet should be that. Shouldn't really change all that much in terms of composition. It's just amount of food. So if you want to lose weight, decrease the amount of food that you're eating, but keep your diet composition the same. Don't change up the type of foods, but change the amount of food. Um, Next thing, uh, composition. Yeah, shouldn't change all that much. Um, most people should be focusing on proteins, veggies, fruits as kind of their staple was just like the main portion of the meal. Like if you base your meals around those, you will be, you will overall be healthy and you'll be at kind of a healthy and comfortable body weight for you. Next thing, a better relationship with food, no good or bad foods, everything in moderation. You literally don't have to cut any single thing out. Um, People who say like, no, no sugar, stay away from sugar. Sugar is the devil, you know, sugar is going to like kill you. No, it's it's not going to kill you. People have been literally eating sugar for centuries and people haven't started developing chronic conditions from sugar until this probably this last, I want to say century or a couple of centuries because of just the sheer amount of like how much technology has advanced because we're just being less active we're eating more food has made such a huge advancement over the past century so it's not because of sugar itself it's just because we are more so in a calorie deficit i mean not calorie we're more so in a calorie surplus because we've been less active because we've been un educated in the fields of nutrition because we've been less active as technology has advanced you know we're we're walking we're biking less we're just moving overall less we don't have to do manual labor in the farms we don't have to hunt for our food we don't have to you know have our own farms and have our own families like work the farm we can literally just get in our cars drive to the grocery store pick up any type of food you want and then go home and eat it like you we don't have to work all that hard for our food anymore which is a good thing but also you know less activity and if you eat more and you move less you're going to be in a calorie surplus more so all right so that about wraps it up for diet so let's go ahead and shift into 
the second pillar of overall fitness and health. And you can probably guess this one. It's exercise. Exercise, activity, movement, whatever you want to call it. All right, so for exercise, uh, first point I wanted to touch on, don't feel pressured to have to spend 10 hours or more a week in the gym. Like You don't have to be spending hours upon hours in the gym to have a good workout. Like For the majority of you out there, any exercise is better than no exercise. Because if you think about it, everyone starts somewhere, right? If you go from having no exercise to trying to exercise seven days a week, that's a one-way ticket to getting burnt out and giving up and just being in that yo-yo of, oh, maybe I'll try next year. And the next year comes around, you try it again. You try going all out and you give up. And the cycle just repeats itself and you just don't get anywhere because you don't have that level of consistency and dedication as if you were to, rather than going all out for like two weeks out of the year, why don't you just go moderately for two years and then you'll make amazing progress. You'll make so much more progress than if you were to go all out for three weeks out of the month, you know? I mean, out of the, month, out of the year. Yeah, if you went three weeks out of the month, that's still pretty solid. That's, that's like 75% effort. You definitely see results then. But yeah, don't feel pressured to have to work out. Don't, you're, you're obviously not a competitive athlete. You're not an elite level performing athlete. You don't have to dedicate that much time I mean, you do if you want to be the best of the best, but for the majority of people out there, you, I mean, I, I'm i not really sorry to say this because it's just a fact of life. Like, you're not the best of the best. I'm not the best of the best either. Like, I'm, I'm just an average dude. Like, I'm no matter how much time I dedicate, no matter how much, like, like I dialed in my training and diet and everything, like, I'm never going to be the best of the best. I, I, I've accepted that fact. Like, there's a reason why you know, Usain Bolt is Usain Bolt is because he was literally born into that. He has the genetics. He's trained his ass off. And genetics, yeah, genetics plays such a huge part in that. That's why there's only one of him and, you know, 7 billion something, the rest of us. It's literally like a one in like a billion chance that you become the best of the best and are able to go to the Olympics. You literally have to be like a freak or a specimen of a human. And then as for exercise for the general population, exercise type, uh, I mainly recommend strength training because I think that strength training, it, it doesn't only just you know, like help you build muscle and strength. Like the only, your only goals for working out or strength training should not only just to be getting yoked or, you know, getting super strong, being a bodybuilder or being a powerlifter, but it also has so many other benefits. Like Strength training can help you reduce pain. It can help strengthen the muscles, you know, as part of rehab. That's why physical therapists have you do exercise because it helps strengthen the muscle, which takes load off of your joints, your tendons, your ligaments. It just takes the load off of that, shifts it to the muscle, where it, which is what is supposed to be taking the majority of force and helps you reduce pain, helps you move better, improve your flexibility. Uh, also, there have been... Uh, couple studies that show that it actually improves iq as well so you know you're, you can actually get smarter just by lifting weights and then also increase bone density because if you think about it your muscles are attached to your bones via tendons and then your ligaments are attached from bone to bone but they are all intertwined into like your skeletal network so increases bone density which definitely helps especially if you are an older age, male or female, 
Uh, typically, more females will experience this just because they go through menopause, which, you know, your hormones take a huge dip. And so definitely increasing bone density will help you. It won't stop menopause altogether, but it will help kind of prevent the effects of that being as drastic. Like, yeah, both men and women. Like, don't don't think just because you're a man. Like, I don't think I'm off the hook. Like, you know, father time and age is something that gets all to us. It's the one thing that we can't stop. However, if you strength train, if you build a high base, like, you, you can't stop the rate of when you lose muscle and bone. But you can build a higher base so that you have more bone, you have more muscle to start with. So that as you age, maybe... You, you still decline, but let's say at 60, you have, you know, 50% of the muscle you have in your 20s. And that was because you just, you kept strength training hard. You built up a good bone and muscle mass so that you have that base when you're 60. But versus someone that is sedentary, you know, maybe they, they didn't do any strength training. And let's say they only have like, they still have uh, 50% I said 50% of their muscle mass but because they didn't strength train they just don't have that much so yeah let's say you built uh, 50 pounds uh, just training consistently over you know 20 to 30 you built 50 pounds of muscle and then after that you lost you lost half of your muscle over the rest of the uh, 30 40 years and so now you have 25 pounds of muscle on your frame. Whereas someone who didn't strength train at all, they didn't build any muscle. So let's say they, they, they only have like 20 pounds of muscle on your body. That's about average. They only have 20 pounds of muscle on their body and they didn't strength train at all. So now they lose 50% of that. They only have 10 pounds of muscle on their frame. So they have literally like less than half of the muscle you have. So they're in worse shape. They're going to experience more problems down the road because they don't have that high of a base. Whereas you, you strength train consistently. You have this higher base. You age through, you go through the same aging process, but you are more capable because you have more muscle. You're more capable because you have more bone density. And this obviously leads to having a, a better uh, life quality as you age as well, because you're, more capable of doing things by yourself, which leads to being able to live independently for longer. And then you, you're also more resistant to the side effects of aging because you know, the more muscle and bone density you have, the more you're able to like do things by yourself. Like you don't have to rely on your kids or you don't have to rely on other people to take care of you. If you have the strength and muscle and means to do so, then you don't need any help. Then you can obviously live a better quality of life. You can walk or run or be active well into your old age whereas someone who doesn't have that ability they might just decline and eventually develop like a physical disability and that prevents them from doing the things they love maybe they have to be in a wheelchair in their late like ages or maybe they just can't like walk anymore and you know you take a huge dip in the quality of life because if you're not able to walk if you're not able to do the things you love then that's a huge like hit to your motivation and you just like like you kind of lose the motivation to like live a good life and the usually you'll you'll I mean you'll you see a lot of people like go through this like they just don't really have the motivation to kind of like do stuff in life anymore they just kind of uh it's kind of more but they, they just literally sit around and wait to die and like you know if 
if you're okay with that kind of life, then that's that's fine by me. But personally, I want the majority of you and I want for myself to live a quality life for the rest of my life. It doesn't matter what age I am. Like, I want my body to be the best that it can be like throughout the rest of my life. Like, I want to still be active. I want to still move. I want to still be able to do things that I love that aren't sedentary. I don't want to like be aged like 80 and just like be sitting around waiting to die like that's then what's the point <laughs> life is about like living and living it and doing stuff all right let's talk about cardio that's a big one so we went over strength training and now let's kind of talk about cardio so cardio i usually recommend this as more of a supplemental exercise just because i think strength because i said strength training has so many benefits with it I think for the majority of people, they don't do strength training enough anyways. So definitely have a bigger focus on that. And then cardio is just kind of a supplemental exercise because the only thing cardio really does in terms of improving health is, is, I mean, this is very important, don't get me wrong, but it's, it's only just improving your heart health. Like the, the only improvements you get from this are just improving your stroke volume, which is just the amount of blood that your heart pumps in one stroke. And then also heart hypertrophy, which is just a fancy way of saying that the muscles in your heart literally grow and get stronger. And this obviously because you're having, your heart is a muscle and because it becomes a stronger muscle, it will lead to reduced risk of heart disease and other chronic heart conditions as well. So, I mean, this is a big plus. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that cardio is not important. I just think that strength training should be a bigger focus just because people don't focus on that as much. Uh, I think, I mean, from my experience, walking to a gym, like you see literally 90% of the people doing cardio anyway. So they're pretty much set for the most part. It's like, just, just don't do no cardio, but definitely do some cardio, you know. As for cardio recommendations, um... I don't know how supported this is, but the American Heart Association, uh, NASM, the National Academy of Sports Medicine, they both recommend 150 minutes of moderate intensity cardio or 75 minutes of high intensity per week. That's for just overall health. Although through anecdotal experience uh, with myself and working with clients, uh, this number isn't a set number. I mean, it's a good number for the sedentary individual like if you go from if you have like zero minutes of cardiovascular activity obviously this is a good base to recommend to someone because it's like just 30 minutes for five days a week like if you have zero and then if you just have five days of half an hour that's that's pretty damn good but i'd say for the majority of people if you're strength training like consistently uh, like three to four times a week, I would say you can probably dial this down. Like personally, I only do two, two half hour sessions of moderate intensity, but I also walk a lot. So I count, kind of count that as cardio too. I would say if you do a lot of like low intensity, like walking, you can count that as well. But what you want to do is double the time for that. So like, let's say a week you do 300 minutes of walking, you know, you can half that and that can count towards your 150 minutes of moderate intensity. You know, or you can mix it up, have a combination of the three. Like if you like high intensity some days, you like moderate intensity some days, and you just want to walk and do low intensity the other days, you can mix it up. But as long as 150 minutes is a good baseline to shoot for.
yeah i don't know how back this i've i've had some like colleagues kind of argue against it but like yeah you know screw the american heart association and all that but that's what they recommend so that's what i recommend um i don't think it's a bad recommendation on my end it's pretty good for the average person and then last point of exercise that i want to address so exercise you should do it for the goal of improving your health not fat loss and again this kind of ties into the whole diet thing um body composition should be driven by diet not your exercise because this can kind of lead to having you a a bad relationship with exercise because if you only view exercise as like a form of burning calories or something then you're not going to enjoy it as much because you're just looking at it as an extrinsic motivation like you're you're only telling yourself oh i need to go to the gym because i need to lose weight or i need to go to the gym because i need to burn this many amount of calories like that's not the point of exercising the point of exercising is so much better because exercising isn't only about burning calories i think it's about bettering yourself because when you exercise i mean obviously burning calories is a huge bonus but exercising will literally lead to a positive feedback loop like when you exercise your body is like oh i'm shocked like that's why you're sore the next day like and then it adapts because it's adapting because it wants you to be better and be ready for exercise that's why i think exercising should the should be done for the main goal of improving performance because us as humans we're not made to be sedentary we're made to move that like we have a natural tendency to want to move to be active to put our bodies through ranges of motions that's why we don't do so well when we're sitting at a desk for eight hours a day or when we're just doing one single motion or just staying still for the for an entire day because we're made to move and so yeah i say i would say that exercising for the goal of improving your health and performance because you're more likely to find intrinsic motivation which is just motivation that comes from within rather than like an external source goal like oh, I want to do exercise because of this thing I want to achieve. Rather than that, it's because I want to do exercise because of something I want to achieve for myself rather than aiming for something outside of you. You aim for something within, like it's uh, gratifying or it's an achievement for yourself when you exercise, not for something else that you want to get. And by doing this, it's easier to, it's also easier to aim for performance rather than aesthetic goals because Let's say you want to exercise because you want to get down to a certain number weight and you get there and you might not be satisfied. Whereas if you exercise for like, okay, you know, I want to get a certain mile time or I want to lift this much amount of weight. And when you get there, you are so much more happy because like, yes, I've been working so hard to, you know, get to like a 200 pound deadlift or, you know, to do one chin up or to run like a seven minute mile because you know you it just feels so much more gratifying because when you reach that goal and once you reach that goal you're like man i want to do more i want to be better i want to do this because i want to get better at this rather than like you get uh, i just want to work out and get to a weight of like 150 pounds you get to there you may not like the look that you want and then you just keep pushing for more and more and then you'll never you'll always chase a better version of yourself like people think that once you set a goal and once you get there, you're going to be 100% happy. That this isn't, Honestly, that's not how it works. I've been doing this for 10 years, and I can tell you, I am still not like 100% satisfied with the way I look. I'm not saying I have body dysmorphia or body image issues all that much, but 
you know, I'm not 100% satisfied. I always want more. I want to be leaner. I want to get more muscular. I want to be stronger. Like, we we humans have a tendency to always want more. We're just never satisfied. Like, that's why, like, when people chase money, like, they're never satisfied. It's like, oh, I got my first million, you know. Everyone thinks that if they get to, if they got a million dollars, they'd be satisfied, but not exactly. I mean, obviously, you have the few exceptions who will be, but... For the most part, it's like people who get the million dollars, they're like, man, now I want two million. And then once you get two million, you want more. Just, humans just have this endless void. That's why we all spend money on stuff that we don't need because we we all want it. We all want like, let's say a new car or we want like a new house and then we get it. And then we're like, man, I don't like that. I want something better. And that's why people upgrade to the next iPhone every year. That's why people buy new cars every couple years. That's why people are always fixing up their house or always doing this or always doing that to like better because we're not satisfied. We can never be satisfied. Humans just have endless wants. That's how the, literally this economy works. That's how this economy thrives because we have endless wants. So rather than chasing, you know, an external goal, it's, I think it's easier to chase an internal goal because like, let's say you get to a 200 pound deadlift. You can easily be like, okay, I'm gonna shoot for 250. You can, that, that's easily attainable. That's also like a more tangible and like realistic goal. Whereas, you know, oh, I'm, I got to 150 pounds and man, I'm not satisfied. I wanna get for, I wanna go for 130. Maybe that's not so sustainable. Maybe 130 is when you're super, you're, you might be super lean, but you're like dying on the inside. You're always hungry. You just have low energy levels. You have low sex drive. You just can't do anything. Like, it might be achievable, but it won't necessarily be the best in terms of sustainability and for your mental health. So yeah, definitely shooting for more intrinsic goals, intrinsic motivation rather than external or extrinsic motivation. All right, and the last point I want to talk about is sleep. So this is by far the most underrated quote-unquote supplement. And the reason I say supplement is because Obviously, there are people out there functioning on very little amounts of sleep, but it's also not the best for their health, for their performance, for just everything, just their yeah overall health. So for the general population, I usually recommend like seven to nine hours. Most people can get that. So seven to nine hours of like minimally interrupted. I mean, obviously, some of us go get up and go to the bathroom once or twice a night. Totally normal. Uh, if you go a lot more than that, I would suggest drinking less water or you just might have a bladder problem. I'm not, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm not diagnosing you over the internet. But generally, people get up and go to the bathroom. Uh, I'll end it at that. So the majority of the benefits of sleep is that they're going to regulate your hormones. Uh, this is going to help with energy levels, stress, recovery. Um Definitely a lot to do with hunger and fullness hormones. I do talk a little bit about this in my article. Uh, ten way, I believe 10 ways to stay full in a calorie deficit. So this helps manage your hunger and fullness levels. Uh, when you're asleep, your ghrelin, which is your hunger hormone, this is the one that makes you hungry and wants to, wants to eat. Ghrelin makes you growl. So helps suppress ghrelin. And then leptin goes up, which is the opposite hormone. That's the one that signals, okay, we're full. You should stop eating. So helps to regulate with that so that obviously you're not 
eating at night, you don't get hungry at night, so you don't just get up in the middle of the night and just start hammering away at snacks or food. And the more you, and while you're asleep, you can't eat, so it helps you stay in a calorie deficit or helps you just not eat as much and overfeed. Uh, next thing helps less helps with being less stressed, so lowers your stress uh, levels, lowers your cortisol levels. This helps with better fat mobilization in your body. Um, also, when you're less stressed, you're just less likely to do stupid shit, you know, because when you're stressed out, you're more than likely you want to cope with it by eating. You want to cope with it by doing these bad habits. I mean, a lot of people turn to drinking. A lot of people turn to smoking. A lot of people turn to eating, especially. Like, And when you're less stressed, you're just, yeah, you're just more likely to make stupid decisions that don't necessarily improve your health. And also, you're better able to like burn fat and get rid of it. Whereas cortisol is like, okay, we're at a high stress state. Because this is usually... Because back in the day, you were usually high stressed when you can't find food. Or you like, yeah, you just can't find food. You're basically at the edge of survival. So cortisol levels went up and you had to store fat because you don't know when your next meal would come from. But nowadays, food is readily accessible. So we want more fat mobilization in this case. And yeah, we want to keep those stress levels down. And then also a very important point is... Recovery from exercise. Obviously, sleep helps you recover when you sleep and when you're well rested. You're able to push yourself harder. Uh, helps with energy levels. Yeah, you're able to train harder. You're able to focus better. You have more energy levels to carry your tasks throughout the days. And you just feel more able and more motivated and just more excited to live life and do life and be active and move more and just do a bunch of things. And then also helps with mental health. This is such uh, such an underrated thing. And I believe only now we're starting to talk more about mental health. But definitely helps a lot with your mental health. Helps keep everything regulated. Uh, I think mental health has to do a lot with hormones especially. And just like how, you know, improper signaling and just improper digestion and just movement of hormones throughout the body that leads to a host of like different problems where honestly very fine-tuned like organisms like just one small like misfire and then we can you, that can just throw a whole cascade of mistakes and it's like a domino effect down the line but yeah mental health that's kind of all-encompassing diet exercise that all plays a role into that so yeah as you can see that about um covers everything i wanted to talk about on this podcast so yeah diet exercise and sleep all very important things, I would say. I wouldn't say that anything on this list is more important than the other because these, after all, these are the three pillars. So without one thing, you're probably not going to get the results that you want. You have to focus on all of these things just as equally. And if you can just focus on these three things, you're going to get pretty damn far. Like you don't need all these special supplements. Like with even with all these special supplements, if you don't have one of these doubt in, you're not going to see the results that you want. Like that. that's the truth. Because once you have all these things, anything extra is going to be bonus. These literally are like diet, exercise, sleep, 33% each. Adds up to 99% of your results of that you're ever going to get. And then the 1% is going to be like maybe extra supplements, um, anything extra you do to decide. Like, you know, exercise equipment, you know, gym equipment, uh, hiring a coach or a trainer. Like obviously hiring those 
will help better your diet and exercise and probably sleep because you're just more driven and you're maybe more accountable to like do that kind of stuff. But ultimately, you do want to focus the bulk of your effort on these three things and it will get you pretty damn far. All right, so anyways, that about wraps it up for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, If you found this content helpful and informative, be sure to leave me a five-star review and leave a brief comment about how this podcast has helped you. Other than that, uh, shoot me a DM, email, or anything on all of my platforms. I will list it in the show notes. Other than that, thank you so much for listening, and I will catch you in the next one.